Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This is a story that my mother and aunts told me when I was in high school. I'm 21 now and it's never left me. I think about it constantly and ponder over what happened. My grandfather passed close to a year ago in June of 2020. He was 96 when he died and it caused some issues in my family. They don't really pertain to the story but there are some things about him that I have to share in order to explain the story in the best way. So my grandfather, John, was a man who was extremely calloused and old-fashioned. He was bitter, abusive, and a complete macho man. My mother was raised on never showing emotional pain due to his abuse and lack of compassion for others. He was also an extreme racist. He had many secrets in my family that are now coming to light after his death. Everything that happened around him was brushed off and forgotten because, well, he had more important things to do, like drinking and having affairs. Just uh, an overall intense and very nonsense type of man though. He also was not religious at all and found things like faith and hope pretty stupid. This story takes place sometime in the 70s, most likely early to mid 70s. My mum was born in 1965 and remembers this story clearly. My aunts as well remember this happening but no one knows exactly what year it was. Anyway... One summer day, John decided to take his family on a small outing with the intent to have a picnic in the woods. My mother, her three sisters, and her mother and my grandmother were all there and were very excited about this. Where we are from, my family is more than accustomed to the woods and has lived in this area for, well, generations I think. Going into the woods for a fun family activity was pretty much nothing out of the ordinary and seemed to be just another normal day. They made their way down a dirt backwoods road and stopped once they found a clearing large enough to accommodate them. As all the kids started jumping out of the car and messing around as kids do after being stuck together like that, my grandmother began unloading their food and picnic supplies. 
John began surveying the area and deciding where to set up, and as he was doing that, something in the woods past the clearing caught his eye. But before going to see what was out there, he yelled to the family and said that he would be right back. The kids and my grandmother thought not much of it, since they're all used to the woods and these woods in particular were very familiar to them. They continued unloading and setting up the stuff that they'd brought with them. One of the girls pointed out something in the clearing that caused a sudden shift from a normal day to something far worse. It was a dirt mound that looked like something was buried under it. This mound was about the size of a small person, maybe even child-sized. It was too big to simply be any animal in these woods, and there was nothing but squirrels and raccoons in the area. But scattered amongst the mound were larger river rocks. There was no pattern, but they were definitely placed on the mound intentionally. Also, the dirt seemed to be fresh, as though just buried. It was loose and slightly darker than the area around it. But the mood immediately shifted from an average day in the woods to something much darker. My grandmother became concerned and told the girls to stay away from it. She was clearly upset and also worried about it, but she did her best to ignore it. The girls, all being children, didn't have the same amount of worry, I guess you could call it, and just continued playing while avoiding the mound. They tried to return to their picnic and the girls were already chasing each other in circles again. It was supposed to be a, a joyous sunny day and my grandmother wanted to keep it that way. Things seemed to return to normal for a beat, I guess. The trees around them created a wall of dense foliage, blocking their view from anything inside the forest. One of the girls again took notice of something strange though. It was clear immediately what it was. Along one of the long branches of the tree hung a noose. It was tied with a rope and hung high above their heads. Now, a lump of dirt can be explained away by nature, but someone had to have placed that noose there. My grandmother stopped pretty much dead in her tracks when she first saw it. Something was wrong. Very, very wrong. They couldn't just pick up and leave. John was still out in the woods after all. But even children can recognize a noose as a, a symbol of death. The children started to become very anxious. Whatever innocence was keeping them from worrying about the mound had now completely vanished. My grandmother, the resilient woman that she is, soothed her children and told them that it was just left by deer hunters. But she knew in her heart that they needed to leave. No deer hunter would hang a deer and then bury it like that. At least, sane deer hunter, that is. It wasn't until they started hearing something in the woods that they began to really panic. My grandmother, as well as all the children, began hearing a sort of rhythmic chanting from deep in the woods. It sounded as though there was a group of people, all singing in deep voices to the beat of a drum. It went with a sort of quick pattern, three steady beats followed by a pause, and then it would repeat. It sounded far away, but immediately fear began to take hold of each of them. They each listened and gathered together. As the seconds passed, it began to increase in volume. It was not just getting louder though, it was definitely getting closer. What started out as a distant echo soon began to engulf the entire clearing. My grandmother was terrified and wanted so desperately to leave, but John had yet to return. 
They waited, fear-ridden as the sound began to fill their chests. It felt like they were at a concert as the deep bass began to vibrate in their chest. It was everywhere and constant, as though the sound was being made by the trees themselves, surrounding the family in every direction. Suddenly, the sound of yelling broke through the constant drone of chanting. John's voice was yelling out to them from the trees. Go, get in the car, he yelled. He came running out of the woods, yelling that they needed to leave now. They had never seen terror on this man as they had at this moment too. He was a man afraid of pretty much nothing, unbothered by the world around him. This was the most emotion any of them had ever seen from him. He... He saw something in those woods, something that shook his very being to the core. My grandmother began throwing everything back in the car as the kids got in as well. John and my grandmother picked up their things and as quickly as possible threw it all in the car. They had no care for the things that they were packing up due to their fear. Food was all over the trunk and items were broken and after everything was tossed in they both got in the car and they drove away. And this is where the main grunt of the story ends, unfortunately. But one fact from this story is what really has caused me to wonder all these years. My grandfather has just refused to ever speak of what he saw. He never told any of the children or my grandmother. Every time this was brought up, he just quickly rebuffed it and angrily told them to not ask again. He never went to the police or told someone outside of the family. My grandfather is the only person who knows what happened that day. When I first heard the story, I swore to myself that I would ask him one day. And now I, well, I can't and regret it greatly. By the time that I was in high school, he had moved out of the state with other family members and I mostly lost contact with him outside of occasional happy birthday calls or letters. And this story just doesn't have any answers to go with it. When he died, the only thing that I was sad about was never really knowing what happened that day. What I mean is that we weren't close at all when I got older and once I'd learned about all of the abuse that he caused, I chose to separate myself from him. His death though, it looms over me and this story still haunts me to this day. My mother and aunts just look back on it as a spooky memory from their childhood Nothing more than a story to spook the little ones at Thanksgiving with. I am one of the only people in the family who is still curious about what happened. I've always been interested in mysteries, the occult, horror, and conspiracy theories. But this story, it definitely piques my interest more than any others in my family. Which, by the way, this isn't the only strange story from my family, but it's definitely the most strange. In the end, I... I guess I just wish I had answers, and I hope all of you found this story as fascinating as I do. My girlfriend and I, we wake up at the same time and call each other over Snapchat video, the call service, every morning. We both take virtual classes, so it's a fun way to start our mornings. This morning, shortly after we'd both woken up, she fell back asleep. I placed my phone on my desk this morning and then left to make some coffee and breakfast. 
When I returned, she had hung up the call and had sent me multiple messages with sad faces in my name. I noticed that she had tried to call me multiple times with the video features turned off. I called her back with my video on and she was crying and asking me what I was doing. I explained to her that I went to go and make breakfast. She asked me if I had come back at any time, to which I told her that I hadn't. When I told her this, she began crying even harder though. I was very confused. I did my best to console her while trying to understand what was making her so upset. She made me promise her multiple times that I hadn't come into the room while I was making breakfast, and I told her that I hadn't. She then began explaining to me that she saw me standing in the room. She saw me facing the phone a few feet away from it, staring into the camera. She was confused for a few seconds, but she told me that she knew something was wrong after a while. She told me that my eyes were unnaturally wide and unblinking. She thought the camera had frozen, but she said that she could see my body moving slightly and my arms swaying. She was deeply disturbed, obviously, and hung up after about 30 seconds. I was very taken aback by this. I mean, I've had absolutely no paranormal experience in this house. I've lived here for more than six years, too. But the only thing that I can think of that may have incited some type of paranormal activity would be something that happened to my property like decades ago. My property used to have an attached barn and one of the previous owners had ended his life in that barn. Like I said, I've never experienced anything paranormal in this house though, so I have no idea what's going on. I've also considered the possibility that she may have just had a, a nightmare, but she seems so confident that she was awake. I'm really not sure what to make of all of this. I don't feel comfortable sitting in this room, the one where she saw the dark copy of me. It feels just how it did before though. If anybody could shine some light on what just happened or provide a possible explanation, then I would greatly appreciate it because this whole situation's got me pretty messed up. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So, I have to keep this general, but I would really like to share it. Also, before I begin, please keep in mind that I was 22 years old and not even out of grad school when all of this went down. I'm a therapist, and while I was in grad school, I began an internship that provided group and individual counseling to halfway houses. 
This halfway house was run by a church and their well-meaning congregation, but was a bit of a mess. After several months of working with them, I got a phone call from the house parent that said none of the residents were willing to attend group sessions if their new housemate would be involved. The house parent made some comments about typical house drama, so I wasn't too worried about it and just told them to go ahead and bring the residents to the clinic and I would work with the new housemate privately to figure out what was going on. I met with the new housemate first and they seemed a bit reserved and untrusting but nice enough. When I asked about the issues in the house, they gave a small curved smile and raspy sort of chuckle or scoff. I pushed them a bit further but all they said was that the others were scared. We ended our session agreeing to meet weekly. I had the group session next, new housemate not included, to get a feel with what was going on from the others. When I walked in, I could tell that there was something seriously wrong. Their faces looked terrified. Their general appearances were disheveled and they were all looking anxiously around at each other. I asked what was going on and nobody answered. They asked me what I thought of the new housemate and I redirected back to them. The anxious eye contact continued. I asked again and reminded them that change and growth couldn't occur without honesty. And finally, one of them started talking. And here is the story from that perspective. Well, we were told that we were getting a new housemate that we weren't supposed to have much interaction with and that they wouldn't be there long. No one would give us info about why the new housemate would be getting the only private bedroom or why they wouldn't be participating in classes or group activities. They just told us to leave them be. This must have gone on for two weeks, I think. Then they started letting the new housemate hang out and participate in things. They would make some strange comments that would make us uncomfortable, but we would just ignore them. They wouldn't sleep, they would always leave their bedroom after they thought everyone was asleep, go into our rooms and check to see if we were actually asleep by holding their finger under our nose. Then they would leave and walk through the backwoods. They would always be back in the morning and we would tell the house parent but would be told to be quiet and not talk about this with anyone. One night after dinner, we turned on the ID channel and new housemate was watching with us. And a few minutes into the episode and they got up and walked into the woods. They usually did this super late at night, but anyway, a few minutes later we heard it. Their name in the episode. We couldn't be sure, so we went to the computer and checked and saw that they had tortured and murdered several people. Now, there's more details to the story that I can't share, but needless to say... My new client was a convicted serial killer that had done some very horrible things. This person was being let out on a technicality that affected several of the murders that they were charged with, so got released early on the condition that they lived under supervision. And this particular halfway house was being paid to hold this person until a more appropriate structure was in place. After I had done my research and confirmed myself, I went to my supervisor and professor and the contract with that particular church and halfway house was immediately terminated. Icing on the cake though, the next year of my life was just terrible as 
I was stalked, my home was invaded, my dogs injured, my house and car vandalized, and survival items that didn't belong to me were found in my attic that made it look like someone had been living there. I would come home and the house would look different than the way that I left it. The police came to my house over a dozen times through that year and did nothing, so my family hired a security team and installed cameras. Six months later, a perpetrator was arrested on my property and eyewitnesses and evidence linked him to the crimes. The perpetrator had been out of prison for just over a year on some terrible charges. And you can probably guess who was from the same small hometown as the man arrested. Yep, it was my client. My family is from Guatemala. My parents grew up in a town close to the pyramids of Tikal in a very mountainous area. In 1976, my parents, being around 10 and 12 years old, there was a horrible earthquake that killed and injured hundreds of thousands of people. My dad was even trapped for days under the rubble of his home before being rescued. It's a, just a horrible memory for them. I have many family members with similar stories. That isn't the paranormal tale though, but events leading to it, they definitely were. This is the story as told to me by my parents. So about a year or maybe a little more later, strange things started to happen in the forestry mountains near their town. It started with the cries as they call it. Every night, someone would stay crying in the mountains. At first they thought it was possibly a, a wild cat in heat. However, they started to realize that this sound could be heard from everywhere in the town. My mum said it sounded like a man wailing in pain or anguish. It happened every night around the same time and it lasted sometimes for hours on end. And it was only a few months later when the sighting started. It started with a large bird flying over the town and mountains. Then a large humanoid creature was seen in the mountains. My mum described it as kind of like Bigfoot, only it was completely white and less hairy. The people who crossed its path said that its eyes were very pale and the noise that they heard at night sounded the same as the cry that it would emit when spotted. An anguished, horrified sound. Almost exactly a year after the first sound started, the earthquakes hit and my parents' town, being close to the epicenter, suffered great damages. Like I said... Many people died, were injured, or became homeless. But after that, the whales completely stopped. My mom often ponders if it was some sort of an angel coming to warn of the coming disaster and that it left having been unable to be understood. My dad believes that whatever it was probably died, just like many others, falling victim to the earthquake. So, to set some facts down, I was an exchange student. I'm small and built, and I live in an apartment on my own. 
I'm also an extremely heavy sleeper, meaning that my neighbors would blast loud music and my other neighbors have had their loud TV right behind my bed, but I never woke up because of the noise. I originally come from a big city, not too crowded, but pretty big. It's always been safe in my city to pretty much everyone. You rarely hear about break-ins, even though it's always busy. However, in the States, I lived in a really small town. A college town, basically. Very quiet and sleepy all the time. The area where my apartment was located wasn't the fanciest in town by any means, but also wasn't the sketchiest too. And to be honest, I have never feared for my safety in there. Until that day. So I needed a nap and it dragged out longer than I intended it to. So I woke up around late sunset. But towards the end of my nap, for some reason... And remember, I'm a very heavy sleeper. I was half asleep and sort of half awake. It was getting darker already outside, so there was not much light to alarm me of the time. If anything, I was closer to being asleep than awake, I think. I kept hearing sounds from the wall where my apartment door is, though, which also happens to be the same side of the walls where my bed and the window are. In the beginning, being me, I thought that I was just dreaming. I was still sort of half awake and I thought it was one of my neighbors doing something. But then the scratching noise kept going for about a minute. This is when I became fully awake and I sat on my bed and paid attention and quickly realized that this scratching noise was someone outside of my door. I gathered every single bit of courage that I could and walked closer to the door. Thinking about it now, I probably shouldn't have, right? But... I identified the scratching sounds were coming from the doorknob or the lock. The sounds of when someone tries to insert a key or a card to unlock the door and get in. Except that this person clearly didn't have a key to my apartment. I kept getting closer to the door, only so that I could look through the peephole. And there was this old man, white beard and white hair, dressed in all black clothes with a couple of shopping bag sitting next to him I think. Now I don't think I've ever thought so rationally or maybe irrationally depending on how you see it in my whole life so quickly. I've never been this brave and I mean what can a five foot girl do with zero self-defense knowledge right? All I learned that day though was that unfortunately for a small girl my response was fight and not flight or freeze. I took a, a couple of steps back and ran to the door and kicked it as hard as I could and I growled at him. You would think that he would run, right? But he didn't. He just picked up his bags, turned his back and went downstairs. And that was terribly creepy. To make sure that I was safe, I reported it to the sheriff's office. The lady on the phone told me that he might be just an old man who was lost, but why my apartment though? She told me that there were a couple of incidences of the same nature that were reported the previous week though, so they may not be all coincidence. And then, to double check, I talked to my neighbors downstairs who have a clear sight of whoever gets up and comes down the stairs like that. And they hang outside their apartment a lot too, so I figured that they would know something. So when I confirmed with them, they said that they had actually seen this guy once on the opposite side of the apartments, but never sure if he actually lived here. 
I always wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, to be honest. I mean, he might just be old and lost, but what, what if he wasn't that way? It could all have just been a disguise. Plus, I'm the only single little girl who lived in that building. But I just can't stop thinking about how if he meant harm that day, I probably dodged a, a massive bullet. So basically, me and my fiancé went to my mate's dad's uncle's pub sort of restaurant thing and had a drink and something to eat. But we left and it wasn't dark yet, so we went to these woods like five minutes away. We got there and my fiancé just sort of froze. And she looked anxious and she sort of went white. I, I was fine, mind you. I just said, let's go for a quick walk before it gets dark. So we got out and started walking down the path. The path was literally a straight line with crossroads every so often. I was completely fine, but she was clearly anxious or paranoid about something and kept looking around and saying that she doesn't like it here. I started to freak out a little bit too, like, why is she doing this? We carried on walking and she asked if we could go back and she said that I have a bad feeling. We need to go, like, now. I was just so confused and it made me a little anxious, like I said, as she wouldn't tell me what was wrong. After like 10 seconds of walking, I look to my right and I see a silhouette of what looks like an adult standing on the side of the path. No clothes, no facial features and nothing really to resemble a human though. I wasn't seeing things though, I definitely saw it and my heart sank and... You know that sort of cold, heart-wrenching feeling that you get sometimes? Well, I went pale and sort of cold. I couldn't stop shaking, in fact. Man, it was messed up. But we kept walking, and I was really paranoid. I kept looking behind us. We were getting close to the car now, and she was nearly in tears. I got into the car, though, and all of a sudden it just went pitch black outside, like... It was bright and then the next thing you know it was completely dark. We drove out and she said that I don't want to talk about it until I'm out of this area. So we drove out of the area and then I said to her, did you see something? And she said yeah and still looked completely pale. Then I said I'll tell you what I saw first so you know that I'm not BSing you. So I said what I saw and she saw the exact same thing but she allegedly saw it twice and... She described it exactly how, well, it looked. It was kind of like Slenderman vibes, to be honest. It was really messed up, whatever it was, and I've never experienced anything like this in my life. But it gets worse. So, when we got back to Crawley and parked up outside of her house, I parked facing a wall, so the back end of my car had space for people to walk behind it. We were talking about all of this and we sort of forgot about it eventually. Then I just randomly looked at my windscreen mirror and I swear to you that I saw someone walk really slowly behind the car. So I said to her, oh, there's someone behind the... But I couldn't finish my sentence as the person just vanished. I was looking in my wing mirror to see the person walk past but no one ever popped up out the other side. I even got out and looked around, but 
there was nobody there. My heart sank so much at that point. I've never felt so petrified in my life. But then she saw someone walk next to the car, so I said, let's just get out of here. We drove out of the car park, and as soon as we did, we saw this woman walk out of a house, holding a chest and staring at the sky, screaming as loud as she could. This is the first time that anything has happened to me like this, and I have so many questions because it was just a really random and confusing night. I still have no idea what any of this means, but if you do, then I would love to hear it. My story starts when I was 15 years old in 2012. Me and three of my very best friends, and their names are Luke, 17 at the time, Lewis, 16, and Gary, 15 decided to go camping and since our dads all worked in the military we had access to some woods that weren't very far from our homes three miles at most of course we weren't trained or anything but since i had lived a, a little while in the middle of the amazon forest i had confidence that i could handle a night not very far from my house so it was july winter here in brazil and it was really cold like five degrees celsius kind of cold and things were pretty much as you would expect a, a camp in the woods to go. We just sort of sat there and chatted until about one in the morning. Then we decided to take shifts and duos to watch out for tents for any animals that could be near. We were aware of jaguars, but probably the most that could get near us would be some capybaras that aren't pretty common in the region. At around four in the morning, Gary, my duo was outside the tent calling for me to stay up with him but it was so cold I wanted to stay inside saying that no animal would go near us with the noise that we were making. After like five minutes of back and forth between us we noticed that we could not hear any kind of forest noises like like not even crickets, owls and twigs breaking of animals passing by any longer and instantly a feeling of just uneasiness started to grow between us. Now, I know the whole thing of no forest noises and yada 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 sounds like a little cliche, but I swear that this is real when something weird is about to happen. With this feeling that appeared, we stopped arguing and started to pay attention for what was happening around us. We didn't want to wake Luke and Lewis up because we thought that we were just being silly and nothing would happen. But then, from the middle of the woods, we hear a scream. And it sounded like a woman screaming, but at the same time, it sort of didn't. The scream sounded human, but something was definitely off. It had some kind of animalistic tone behind it. It's really hard to explain, but I searched all over the internet and couldn't find any creature that sounded like it. As I firmly believe that it wasn't a woman screaming, though, I'm pretty convinced that it was something else. Besides, what would a woman be doing in the woods, possibly alone, at night like this? With the sound, though, Luke and Lewis, they woke up, a little disorientated, while Gary and I jumped out of the tent and grabbed some sticks. That was really the only thing that we could find that could serve as a weapon. Needless to say, though... We didn't really sleep the rest of the night as 
we not so patiently waited for the morning to come. After what took like hours, but probably was a lot shorter than that, the forest resumed its regular noises and we calmed down a bit. When the sun rose, we packed our things as fast as we could and we just left. When we were getting to the outside portion of the forest, we told the military that was guarding the woods what we'd heard, but I'm really not sure if they believe some random teenagers trekking through the woods. I'm still friends with those guys that camped with me, and as I said, every time I see them, I ask if they remember the fact, and they all say that they remember and can still imagine what was screaming that night, and we all wonder if perhaps we were in real danger that night. I don't know, but I often think of that night and what exactly happened. So, I've been living in my house for about 15 years with my mom, dad and sister. We've had many things happen before, but... We just kind of shrugged them off like it wasn't a really a big deal. For example, things move on their own, we hear random knocking in the middle of the night, doors open on their own, a clock even flew off the wall once and shattered. But as I said, these aren't really that major of a thing and they could be explained away and we weren't really worried about them. So we decided to ask our neighbour if the previous owners had any experiences like this though and he told us that, yes, in fact they did, and it was the reason that they moved out. The tap would turn on by itself, and the water would keep running until someone noticed it and turned the tap off. They would constantly see people and hear things too. We personally haven't had the water thing happen yet, but we've definitely started seeing figures and hearing people even shout our names when nobody is actually there. But the main thing that happened was that one night at about 4 or 5 in the morning, I was woken up by an extremely loud bang, followed by somebody sprinting down the stairs. My sister rushed into my room because that's where the sound came from, but I pretended to be asleep because I didn't know what to do or how to react to the situation. But as soon as she left the room, I put my phone torch on and I investigated. All I saw was my iPad across the other side of the room. Now, that night before I had went to sleep, I had put my iPad on charge, but I had placed it neatly beside my bed. And then that whole situation happened later that night, so what was the explanation? Maybe the fuse popped, or maybe the charger overheated or something? But I checked the wire, I checked everything, and nothing was damaged or burnt or anything. So you might say that I was dreaming, but this can't be true either because me, my dad and my sister all heard the loud bang in the running. But my mum was too deep in her sleep to have heard it though. So the next morning we all talk about it and we pretty much were just spooked out. My dad told me to record my bedroom, but I feel like if I had seen something on my video, I just wouldn't be able to sleep in my room or be in my room anymore. But since then, nothing major has happened. We see figures walking about from the corner of our eyes. We hear people shouting our names. Things move, we hear knocking, but nothing is compared to what happened that night. And we still don't have an explanation for whatever that was.
So I was sleeping on an air mattress in the living room of my in-laws house. Times were tough back then. I always slept with an eye mask because the shades barely blocked any light and I'm a bit of a night owl. I usually go to bed at around 6 in the morning. And one morning at around 9 I wake up, I try to get up and my body does nothing. The eye mask was still on and it felt like someone was sitting on me. I tried to scream and wake up my spouse but I was screaming with my mouth closed. A few seconds later, I hear what sounds like someone stomping the hardwood floor with both feet as hard as they can, three times. There was one second between each bang, and it felt like only six to eight feet away at most. And then I start to get this evil presence feeling. And it's hard to explain this feeling because it just felt so sinister. A few seconds after this, I smell something just awful like rotten eggs, sulfur-like smell. Seconds go by and I can finally move. I quickly rip my eye mask off and I woke up my spouse in a panic and he said, well, what's that smell? He runs into the kitchen thinking that maybe it's a gas leak, but no. No one was home and everyone left at 7am. The doors were all locked and were the only ones in the house. Now, can anyone explain what the three bangs, sulfur, and feeling of evil presence mean? I will happily admit that a few months after this happened, I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder and panic disorder. I don't know if it's unrelated, but this event was significant enough to, well, share all this. Any inputs would be greatly appreciated. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.